everyone. Welcome to our special Christmas Eve candlelight service. So glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us this evening. Doing, of course, what uh, we have been anticipating for a long time now, celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in doing so tonight, we will sing songs to him and about him. We will listen to and read scriptures such as the one we just saw, reminding us of the fact that over 2,000 years ago, God kept his promise. The promise to bring a redeemer, the promise to send the Messiah, the one to rescue his people. For those who had been lost in darkness for so long, had then seen a great light. And so tonight, the candles all around you represent that, the light that Jesus is and the light that he brings and the light that we are called to reflect as his people and as his church. So I'd ask that you would stand right now and join with me as we worship the Lord together and sing praises to him for songs of salvation are what we read about in the scriptures and songs of salvation are what our responses are to his goodness and his grace. Amen. Let's worship him together. Yeah. 
for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his offspring. We love singing songs at Christmas, don't we? It's a very special part of our tradition, the things that we, we love to do. And many of them are familiar, some maybe not so much. But some of the songs that we will sing tonight or that we've already done remind us of days gone by and remind us of special things that have happened to us as children or even as adults. There is something special about a song. There is power in a song, isn't there? The memories that it brings back, the things that it moves us to do. We are often moved to sing because of experiences that we have in life. But we're reminded at Christmas time, especially, the power of song in our lives, perhaps different to each of us, whether we love to sing or to listen or both. But we are moved because of songs, but we are often moved to sing because of things that we have experienced, things that we have seen, or things that we have heard. But as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Christians and followers of him, we are often moved to sing praises because of his goodness and his grace. You know, in the Gospel of Luke, maybe the most often quoted gospel at this time of year, it opens in the first two chapters with songs Songs of Salvation. There are four songs, um, if not more, but four that I wanted to share with you this evening. And perhaps they don't actually say that they were sung, but we believe that they were. It is our tradition in the best way, I think, that we, we read from the scriptures these people that we will meet tonight, these individuals that were moved because of the move of God to proclaim his goodness and to sing songs of praise. These songs specifically were announcing what we have gathered here tonight to celebrate. They were announcing the birth 
of Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. There were encounters with angels and with the Holy Spirit. And these songs that we'll learn about tonight from the first two chapters of Luke, they all consist of mostly quotations from the Old Testament for the people that were having these experiences new of the Old Testament, of the ancient scriptures of their people. And they knew to some degree what to expect, but little did they know that their Savior would be born, a baby in a manger. So all of these songs that we will, that we will experience together tonight consist mostly of Old Testament quotes. They recall and remember the past. So this evening, as we call, uh, recall and we remember what God has done for us, I ask you this question. What is our response when we recall and remember the goodness of God? Do we sing? Do we praise him? Do we worship God and do we proclaim his glory? This Christmas, are we still moved by the word of God? Are we still in awe of the power and presence of our creator? Are we still thankful to the point of praise and worship because of the good news of the gospel of grace and peace that is Jesus this Christmas, are we still moved by the very move of God in our lives and in our world? This Christmas, are we still in wonder of his miracles? And are we still amazed at his grace? Four songs in two chapters. Responses to God's move of love and grace. Responses to the provision for the promises that he has made. Let me introduce the first two to you. We find Mary's song, Mary the mother of Jesus, often called in church tradition the Magnificat, which really comes from the word magnify, from the very first line of this song. It's found in Luke chapter one, verses 46 to 55. Listen again to just the first few lines of this song. This is Mary's response to learning about John the Baptist, about learning that she is to give birth. This song, I believe, was welling up in her for a long time. And so we read in Luke chapter 1, her song, and she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. This is known as the Magnificat, to magnify the Lord. The occasion, Mary meets with her cousin Elizabeth, pregnant with John the Baptist, and John leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth blesses Mary, and then Mary responds 
with this song. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Does our soul magnify the Lord? That soul is basically our life, where our life actually sits. It is our very being. uh, Does every part of our being magnify the Lord at his goodness and his grace? Our soul is eternal. We are a soul. It's the seed of our emotions and our will. It is our soul, Scripture says, that needs saving. It is all we are. It is our very life. At that moment of salvation, the angels rejoice. Do we rejoice this evening when we recall, when we remember our salvation. And she says, my spirit rejoices. My soul magnifies and my spirit rejoices. Her spirit rejoices. Our spirit is what connects us with God, allows us to know our God. In John 4, it says the kind of worshipers that God seeks are the ones who would worship him in spirit and in truth. That truth is understanding who God is, and what he has done for us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are moved to magnify the Lord, which means to lift up, to extol, to edify our soul and spirit to rejoice like Mary. She was moved to praise God for the salvation of her people and herself. How do we respond to these truths of God, these eternal truths? We are to allow God to speak to us through his word and his spirit, and perhaps we will break out in song for the magnificence of what he has revealed to us. We are to magnify his name. Mary sings about how the Messiah will bless her, will bless the world, will bless her people. So let us continue singing our songs of praise, quiet songs, loud songs, but songs from the heart with a heart of thanksgiving. Mary's song. And how about Zechariah's song? Found a little bit later in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 67 to 79. If you remember the story first, the angel had appeared to him earlier in the beginning of the chapter. We hear about that. And then the Holy Spirit for his song here at the end of Luke chapter 1. Listen to the first words of the song of Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies." And from the hand of all who hate us. He goes on later to say, being delivered from the hand of our enemies. And then even later he says that we are blessed. And he says to give knowledge, God did, of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah praises God for rescue and redemption, for forgiveness and salvation. 
for deliverance that had so long been awaited. This song, often called the Benedictus, simply meaning blessed from the very first line, blessed be to God. It was the eighth day of his son's birth, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, and he at this occasion sings of redemption and deliverance. He was moved to proclaim the goodness of God. Blessed be, he starts his song. When you approach God, in your prayers, in your time of worship, do you start with words like that? Blessed be. Praise be the God. Do we give him all the praise, or do we just kind of start right in with all of the things that we need from him? We are to approach our creator God with words such as these, blessed be. And then Zechariah notes the reason that God should be praised, for he has come and redeemed his people. What reason do we have, church, this evening to praise God? The birth of our Savior Jesus. Zechariah described this deliverance for Israel through the Messiah. He even says that he was to be the horn of salvation. In the Old Testament, they knew that the idea of the horn of salvation, the horn was the strength of the animal, that the Messiah would come with all the strength of God, for only he could be their deliverer, for their God has kept his promise. So we think about songs of salvation. What does it look like for us to praise God in our daily walk with him and if this evening is special and this, this season is special, may we continue to praise him with songs throughout the year. Would you stand with me as we do just that? And let us sing songs of worship and praise to our God together. Feel free to worship as the Spirit leads, to even stand quietly and hear those around you praising God. But let us worship him together for his salvation.
Lucas capítulo 2, versos 18 al 14. En esa misma región había unos pastores que pasaban la noche en el campo, turnándose para cuidar sus rebaños. Sucedió que un ángel del Señor se les apareció. La gloria del Señor los envolvió en su luz y se llenaron de temor. Pero el ángel les dijo, no tengan miedo. Miren que les traigo buenas noticias, que será motivo de mucha alegría para todo el pueblo. Hoy les has nacido en la ciudad de David, un Salvador que es Cristo el Señor. Esto les servirá de señal. Encontrarán un niño envuelto en pañales y acostado en un pesebre. Thank you, Lord. De repente apareció una multitud de ángeles del cielo que alababan a Dios y decían, Gloria a Dios en las alturas y en la tierra de los que gozan de su buena voluntad. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was a righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, and he took upon his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now I am young, tell me, let you, your servant, depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, and life for revelation for the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people Israel. Amen. Is that one that we heard about the angels appearing to the shepherds? We, uh, we hear it a lot. We see it in movies. We read it in greeting cards. We hear it in songs. And of course, we read it in the word. But it says that suddenly at that moment, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and can you just picture this? Pretend that you, just for a moment, are one of these shepherds. Glory to God in the highest, they shouted, and on, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The shepherds, the shepherds were caught off guard. It says they were filled with great fear. But yet the angels of heaven, a great multitude of heavenly hosts, the word says, were moved to praise God for his keeping his promise. 
even the angels in heaven. The occasion, of course, was the angels appearing to the shepherds to do what? To announce the birth of the long-awaited Messiah. The angels came to sing, to sing glory to God in the highest. Think about that. Mary sang, magnify the Lord, that her soul magnifies the Lord and her spirit praises God. And Zechariah said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And the angels proclaim glory to God in the highest. Do you know that we are told in the book of Revelation at the end of all things that we will one day as believers in Jesus see him face to face and worship him forevermore. Our God is from everlasting to everlasting, and forevermore we will praise him. But we are to do that this night, and we are to do that this side of heaven until he returns for us. So until Jesus, in the Father's timing, returns, we call the second advent, we are to remember the first advent of Jesus as he has come as Savior. That he has come and appeared to the shepherds, to the angels, to be our chief and great shepherd. The Savior brought peace, and it was given by the angels to the shepherds that it would be a sign. It says, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Not truly what they expected, but the angels led the way in singing a chorus of glory to God in the highest. It was great news. The angel said, fear not, for I behold, for behold, I bring good news of great joy. Do we sing for joy in our lives? This Christmas season, are we still moved by the goodness of God and his amazing grace, and do we sing for joy? For Jesus brings us his love. He brings us hope. He brings us the only true peace this world will ever know, and he brings us great joy. We can have joy in him. We can experience peace with God only through salvation in Jesus Christ. The angels sang, praising God, a heavenly choir. One day we will join that heavenly choir, but we get to practice now, don't we? Praising him. And then the last song for this evening. The song of Simeon, perhaps one that we don't give enough attention to as part of our Christmas readings and remembrances. The song of Simeon in the temple from Luke chapter 2 verses 25 to 32 as read earlier it said that Simeon was a righteous and devout man and he had spent his life in or by the temple waiting for the consolation of Israel waiting for that promised messiah how how much time do we spend in our lives waiting for God to keep his promises they had waited a long time. Simeon had waited. And it says, he came in the spirit to the temple. 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He had waited so long. What are those things in your life that you are waiting for the Lord to do for you? Do we wait expectantly? And while we are waiting for him to keep his promises and to answer our prayers, are we praising him? Are we lifting up with our voices and in our hearts words such as this, God, you have given us peace for our eyes have seen your salvation. He was given as a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel, he says. Simeon was in the temple and he meets Jesus. He says this word over and over, salvation. And again, he proclaims peace, the peace that he had in his heart now that he had seen the Savior. Are you enjoying the peace, not only the peace of Christmas time, but are you enjoying each and every day the peace that only Jesus can give? We are to find light and love in him and proclaim his glory. Simeon, like the angels, like Zechariah, like Mary, was moved to praise God. Church, I just asked that simple question again. As we encounter the Lord Jesus and as we remember and recall the Christmas story and as we Think on those things that he has promised us and those things that he has done for us. How are we to respond? Are we still in awe of him to the point where we are moved to praise him? Church, let's stand and sing the first Noel. We stand together to worship him. And as we do, think of these words as you sing them and let those truths Sink deep into your heart and let the music move you and stir your spirit to sing these familiar words to him. The first Noel.
may be seated. And let us all with one accord worship him. The church, the body of Christ, that is all believers, not only here at this place, but throughout the world, are called to worship him. You know, when we gather, whether it's this night or on Sunday mornings or throughout the week, there are multitudes of brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping God at that very moment around the world for the same reason. Tonight we gather for a special reason, to remember and to celebrate and to sing of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The word tells us very clearly that it is only in him that we can find true joy and peace and hope and love. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can be reconciled to God, our maker. And if you are joining us tonight and you are still searching, please know that God loves you and has sent his son Jesus, the promised one, for you. He was born a king, but born to die, born to give his life for us, that we may have in him eternal life. And also made very clear in the Holy Scriptures that only one condition, only one condition is given for finding salvation in him. This salvation that Mary and Zechariah and the angels and Simeon sang about, salvation and rescue from the penalty of our sin and disobedience to our God and maker. And only one condition is this, belief. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. For when we believe in him, we are believing that Jesus is who he says he is, the very son of God, and that he did what he said he was going to do, die on a cross and come back to life on the third day. And when we believe in that and believe it to be true, but yet we believe it to be true for us, and we understand that he was born and died for us, the Bible says that we are saved, that no amount of good works or anything we can do on our own part and of our own accord can reconcile us to God. These people and the angels knew that it was only one way, and that was through Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. That is why we sing. That is why we celebrate his birth. He is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and elsewhere he is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus Christ is God with us. God incarnate, God who entered into time and space and history to dwell among us, that he might die for us. For that, we are eternally grateful. And as I said earlier, one day we will join in the angels singing in the courts of heaven, worshiping him for all eternity. 
But we have the great privilege of being able to do that now, this side of heaven. I thank you so much for joining us this evening. And what we like to do here at Trinity as part of our tradition is we end our time by singing Silent Night. We turn down all the lights and we light candles and we sing together these familiar and beautiful words of the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that we find only him. So I'd invite you to, to do that with us this evening. On the way in, you should have received a little handheld candle. If you don't have one, please raise your hand and one will be given to you. And make sure that you have one so you can participate with us. For we light the candles on Christmas Eve Remembering that Jesus Christ is not only the light of the world, but he is our light. For in Isaiah, it talks about the people who had walked in darkness, that they had seen a great light. The scripture tells us that we, before Jesus, also walked in that darkness, and that Jesus Christ is the light of life. So as we light each other's candles. Let us remember that we are to be the light of Jesus in this world and that we are to be the light together because it is not our light that we reflect to the world. It is the light of Jesus that we reflect. And so as we get to know him better and as we respond to his goodness and grace in our lives by praising him and worshiping him, and magnifying his name. Through that, we are then moved to shine his light, to shine his light in a very dark world. We see there's darkness outside and we understand spiritually that this world is dark and it needs the light. It needs the light that only Jesus can bring. So we light each other's candles and we do so symbolically as a great picture and understanding and a great reminder that we are in this together church that we are to live this Christian life with one another in one accord lifting our voices together living in harmony as Paul says living in peace with each other and we do that so that the world will know that we are his. On that night when Jesus was grown and had, and had lived out his ministry and taught all that the Father had give him, given him to teach, he gathered with his small group of disciples, his most beloved friends and family. And he told them that he gave them a new commandment. He says, a new commandment I give to you to love one another. And he goes on to tell them that this is how the world will know that we are his, by how we love one another. Now, would you stand for one last time and let us sing these familiar words together in closing and singing, silent night, holy night. For yes, all is calm and all is bright. We have all peace and hope and joy and love only in him. So let us sing these words together.
Father God, we thank you most of all for Jesus, the one to whom we sing. We thank you for the peace that we can have in Jesus. And Father, now as we leave this place and rejoin family and friends, and, and as we give and receive gifts, may we remember that we do so because of the greatest gift ever given to us. We thank you also, Father God, that we simply, by believing, can reach out and say thank you and receive that gift, that free gift of eternal life. God, may we be moved this Christmas season and beyond to continue for our souls and our spirits to praise you and to magnify your name. May we be found as people who sing praises to you and to you, Father, through the Spirit and in the name of Jesus, get all the glory. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. The heart longs for a little bit of football. on earth and she's calling out from a sea of hurt oh come oh